Good morning, church. <laughs> that video served two purposes this morning. Get you all laughing, get you all awake, and also, too, to do a shameless plug for our uh, wedding event next week. So if you haven't signed up for that and you want to do that today before you leave, it's going to be an awesome time. So will you stand to your feet? We've come into the house of the Lord, give him praise, and just lift up his name. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was mine too Till I met you
Shelby Christian. My name is Dennis Dove. I'm the executive pastor. It's good to have you guys here with us today and those watching online. As a reminder, after I pray, there are communion stations and offering stations set up around the room. It's double cups, so the bread and the juice are, are both in one cup. Uh, today we're, we're talking about parenting. Well, Dave's talking about parenting uh, during uh, the sermon. So I was trying, as I was preparing for the communion meditation, I was trying to think of like, what's my shining parenting moment that I can share with you guys? Um, but this one story just kept coming into my head. So I'm a, I'm a sports guy, a sports dad, whatever you want to say. I played sports all through college. My kids all played sports all through college. So I've been to a lot of games. But I'm not one of those like crazy yelling dads that don't know what they're talking about, you know, but just yell all the time because, well, you know, I know what I'm talking about, right? So, but I try not to yell too much, but I don't wear any Shelby Christian stuff when I go to games, just in case. So that's, that's kind of the, the status that I'm at. But the story is uh, here in the gym, they have soccer, right? Little kid soccer. So my daughter, oldest daughter, Rachel, uh, was like four years old. And, and playing there, if you haven't seen three to five-year-old soccer before, it's a big blob of kids running around. And the only way to score a goal is if the ball is going directly at the goal, right? 
Well, it just so happened this day that there was the blob, the ball squirted out towards the goal, and my, my daughter was heading right at it, right? So this was going to be like her first goal of her illustrious soccer career to be, I'm sure. And the goalie, I think, was entangled in the net playing there, you know, so he wasn't even paying attention. And there was a kid running next to her, right, from the other team. So, you know, I'm cheering for her, you know, and then the kid fell down. And my daughter, God bless her, stopped and helped him up, right? So as a sports dad from the walking track, I yelled, no! (laughs) You know, I then turned, quickly realized that was the wrong thing to say and apologized to my wife, right, you know, for saying that. And that story hits me a lot because I think of it all the time when I think, don't let your goals stop you from helping other people. And I I try to teach that to the kids, and I use that story with them occasionally, but just whenever there's a crossroads, that's what hits me. And sometimes I fail. We all fail, right? But the the Bible says that we're supposed to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. But even when we fail, God's love for us never does. It never does. He loves you. He loves me. He loves all of us, even though we don't deserve it. When we fall down, he picks us up. Because of that love, he sent Jesus down to die for each and every one of us. So as you come to this time, think of Jesus. Think of God's love for you all. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the chance to worship you. Just hope this is pleasing to you, Lord. Just thank you for your love, for sending Jesus down to die for me, to die for us. Just help us to glorify you in everything that we do. Amen. church family you're in this next song don't feel like you have to stand but more importantly just allow the lyrics to minister to you maybe let this be a prayer to our gracious God our heavenly father
presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessing Jesus, you don't own me Just gone through the motions, I'm sorry When I just sing another song Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I'm sorry When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry When I forgot that you're enough Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you Oh, I'm caught up in your presence
some church already, if you don't realize. I mean, come on. I know Carrie Underwood's all that. 
but I'll take that how great thou art any time. I mean, it's, it's really cool when I get to get to know, and some of you guys may have figured this out, get to know our singers up here, because I'll give you some hints, all right? Uh, Maria and some of the ladies, like, here's a hint for the, if, if they're up here singing and they've got like, they get, they squat a little bit, get ready, <laughs> get ready, it, it's coming. If Sweezy over here, when the mic goes down here, get ready, because it's about to come out like, wow, wow. Dude's almost 60 years old. Are you back there, Kev? You shouldn't be able to sing like that at 60. Come on, come on. Hey, I am so glad you guys are here today. If this is your first time ever here, man, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Hopefully on your way out, you'll stop at the I'm New Wall, I'm the Lobby, or one of the tents, and uh, we've got a gift for you. We'd love to meet you. Uh, you came on a great day because God wants to do some powerful stuff. He already has on Thursday night in our first service today. Uh, we had a gentleman give his life to the Lord in first service and baptism, and so that was awesome, 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 and uh, we're just excited about what God's doing. I uh, like the, the video. Do you like the video at the very beginning? Like, that'll teach you. You need to be here at the very beginning, because if you're going, what's he talking about? Like, there was a video that you missed, all right? Uh, and, but as a reminder about our marriage uh, night out this coming Saturday night, you can sign up on the table back there in the back corner, uh, and it's going to be a really, really, really cool night. Uh, man, we're in this series talking about being better. Just talking about being better. We want to be better people. We want to be better uh, spouses. We want to be better in our friendship relationships. We want to be better parents. We want to because because perfect's not attainable, and we'll drive ourselves crazy trying to be perfect. So we can't be perfect. We just want to be better. We just want to work. If we all worked at getting better, then it's a better place, right? And so we've been talking about that uh, for quite a while. And I got to give a shout out uh, to my my guy Clayton Hensel, my buddy up in Quincy, Illinois, gave us the idea and some of the stuff uh, for this series. Uh, uh, and he preaches at a church called The Crossing in Quincy, Illinois. And I want to encourage you, if you're ever in Quincy, Illinois, I don't know why you would be in Quincy, Illinois, but if, because <laughs> it's like, it's like far western Illinois, like right on the Mississippi River, right kind of there close to Missouri and Iowa. And this, this church, this is a really cool church, they've got 13 campuses in three different states, and they're averaging over 13,000 people a weekend, and none of their campuses is in a town as big as Shelbyville. They have just figured out how to go into cornfields and reach people for Jesus. And so, if you're ever in that area, you got to go check out The Crossing. And Clayton and Jerry Harris was their founding pastor. Uh, he's still there and does some teaching. So it's a really, really cool place. They gave us this idea. And today, we want to talk about glowing rectangles. We live in a different world. We live in a different world. When I was a, a teenager, if you were like one of the really cool cat teenagers in my era... Then you had convinced your mom and dad that by the time you figured out, if you're a guy, that you figured out girls were really like all that, and, or if you were a girl and you figured out guys didn't really like have cooties or whatever. If, if you were really cool, you had convinced your mom and your dad to go to Radio Shack and buy you a 70-foot phone cord. <laughs> if you know, you know. 
all right? If you don't know, you're going like, what? That's the longest charger I've ever heard of. No, not, all right? All right, so, so like, and so you had, and so I had, I had a phone cord. I had a phone cord because the phone was on the wall in the kitchen. You know, you get a, the phone was on the wall in the kitchen, you know? And, and, but with that 70-foot phone cord, I could go down the hallway into my bedroom, close the door, and have those wonderful, meaningful conversations about how much we loved each other at the age of 13, all right? And so if you're really cool, you had one of those, all right? So you had that technology to deal with, like, okay, can I have a phone cord? All right, and then you, then somewhere in that same era of time, we were all trying to figure out, our parents were really the ones trying to figure out if it was okay to have more than three channels on a TV set. And we were having arguments among the family while we're watching TV about who was going to get up and walk across the room to change the channel, right? Like the 10 feet you had to walk and do it. And, and young kids are like, what is he talking about? Right? And they were in black and the shows were in black and white. And then, then they start actually making them in color and we got excited. And then cable TV. And you know, there were some people my parents' age that when cable came out, they thought the apocalypse was right behind it. They thought this is the beginning of then cable TV. And then they started realizing there was a thing called HBO and Showtime and Cinemax. And oh my goodness, you're going to hell in a handbasket if you, like, how many of you are here for Shonda Pierce the other night. She said some things that gave me freedom to say some things I've been wanting to say for a long time. So hang on. Uh, and where was it? And, and so you were like, like, can we watch cable TV and all that? And, and you know, my mom and dad were freaking out about stuff. Like, I, I love my mama to death. I really do. But there were so many inconsistencies. Like my mom, do you get, who remembers Dark Shadows? Remember Dark Shadows? Like, I wanted to come home. I so bad wanted to come home after school and watch Dark Shadows. My mama wouldn't let me because it was evil. And so we sat there and she watched Days of Our Lives. (laughs) And then I grew up and realized what Stefano was doing with Marlena. And I'm like, Mom, Dark Shadows ain't so bad. But we're having all those debates about like what's going on with it and then it was gaming gaming no not no we know gaming original gaming you know like pong uh <laughs> you know and then we got really sophisticated with like playstation and woo, it's like a genesis woo, nintendo and all the different 92 forms of nintendo or i guess i actually only got the 64 or something like that you know and we got all those different things like that and little did we know what was coming with gaming all right but we're freaking out about it we're freaking out and then computers oh my goodness computers my dad worked at the university of kentucky for 35 years in charge of communications and i've told somebody this before my dad was responsible for overseeing the installation of the very first computer at the university of kentucky and it took up a room as big as my bedroom for one computer all right, and we're freaking out about computer now. Oh, man, this is going to be evil. This is going to be crazy. And then there was the internet. Oh my goodness! And, and and so parents have been like every every set every one of those things. Parents or some parents in those those moments have been thinking, "This is it. This is the end. This is the end." And now all that stuff is on here, and we give them away as presents to twelve-year-olds. All right. So we're living in a different world in a different generation. There was a time when there was a time when, when we could like 
we tried really hard to protect our kids, to shelter our kids. We, and, and it worked for a while because there was stuff, I mean, there's been bad stuff happening like since Genesis 3. You, you follow me? Like if you don't believe that, like read the Old Testament. There's some freaky stuff in there, all right, that's been going on. We just didn't see it. We just didn't see what was going on in L.A. or New York or across the world. We just didn't see. Now we see it in real time. But we get in these protective modes. And like we want to shelter our kids. And, and I know, like, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. So if what I'm about to say like hurts your feelings, don't worry about it. I'll get the person next to you in a minute. All right? You know, we want to shelter our kids and we want to like protect them from everything and so we want to put them in this school or that school or homeschool and I'm for all those schools I'm for I'm like I will support you 100% but if you think that school is protecting your kids watch out when they get out because it's more than that it's more than that because this and everything connected to this has torn those walls down and, and, and so we've got to figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? It, the Bible gives us some hints. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is teaching early on in his ministry. He says this. He says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch will pull away from the garment and making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the wine will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Guess what? We're living in an age of new wineskins. New patches of technology that will not work with the parenting styles of our parents. They won't even work with your parenting styles from last year. Because it's changing. And if we don't figure out how to put new patches on the wine skin of our parenting, we're going to find ourselves with wine pouring out all over the floor. And we've got to figure out how we're going to navigate this. See, we need new methods. While our desires may be the same and our principles may be the same, the methods have to change, but the product can't. How many of you guys remember Cindy Crawford? Remember Cindy Crawford? About 20 years ago, remember Pepsi and Cindy Crawford? Remember Pepsi hired Cindy Crawford to put on those blue jean shorts and stand in a Pepsi machine and get that Pepsi out. And they, because their market shares were like plummeting. And they were genius. They changed the color of the can. They made the change the little symbol. They got Cindy Crawford and all of a sudden everything starts going up and to the right. And Coke's like, oh no, the, the, the gap is narrowing between the two. We got to do something. So what did Coke do? New Coke. And new Coke was never good Coke. <laughs> ever. Ever. Coke almost went bankrupt because they didn't change the package. They changed the product. And in a lot of our lives, we're changing the product along with the package. And we'll be in trouble when we get to the end of it. So how do we navigate this changing world of technology? God gives us some clear instruction. There's one verse in the book of Proverbs that like this, right here, get it. Proverbs 4.23, look what it says. Above all else, number one, top of the list, above everything else, guard your heart. Guard your heart for everything you do flows out of it. And we got to be committed to guarding our hearts so that we can guard our kids' heart. I mean, have you ever flown before? 
flown before? Come on, flown, flown before? You, you sit there, how many of you ever paid attention to what the stewardess said before you took off, all right? Like you did once, right? All right, and then you're like, I got it, all right? Because like I'm always, every time they do that, I'm like, and they tell you how to buckle the seatbelt. I'm thinking, if they can't figure out how to buckle the seatbelt, how did they get on the plane in the first place? But anyway, I digress. But anyway, then the next thing they talk to you is about the mask dropping down. Well, they tell you about the mask dropping down. If the mask drop down, be sure to what? Put yours on first or you won't be able to help the other. Parents, if we don't guard our hearts, we won't be able to help our kids guard their hearts. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because the reality is, social media is controlling our kids. And the reality is, it's controlling a lot of parents too. Here's some statistics that will like scare you to death. The link between social media and depression, statistics are showing that in the era of social media, depression has increased by 66%. That's enormous. Why is that happening? Why does that, you know, I'll tell you what happens. Because we get on here and we look on Facebook and we're scrolling down and then we get to the, you know, ladies, you all get to the, the other lady that you know who's got her 97 selfies. That's a sickness in and of itself that we'll address on another day. But anyway, you know, all those selfies and she looks so good. I mean, like, oh my goodness, her skin. Look at her. She, you know, like, and we're thinking, I don't match up. And what we don't realize is she understands a tool that's on here called filters. <laughs> and they can take a dog and make her look pretty. <laughs> Just being real, all right? Or we look at the guys that are in the gym lifting weights. And like, oh my goodness. Man, look at his arms. His arms the size of my leg. I can't ever match that. And they are, are parenting. Like, that's just a, like, you know, I don't ever see anybody in here talking, uh, parents on, on social media, talking about how their kid made three F's and a D on their last report card. Or how they fumbled away the game-winning drive and the team lost. No, everybody that posts anything about their parents is about how they won this pageant or that pageant. And they were in this and they did this and they scored four touchdowns and they're, they're 12 years old and the NFL is already after them. Like, that's what you see on here. And so you read that and you're like, yeah, my kid's a loser. My, my marriage sucks. And it's, it's raising depression because we're comparing ourselves to the wrong things. And we're not even comparing ourselves to reality. And since smartphones were introduced, this one will scare you. Oh my goodness. I'm a poppy of girls. This one terrified me. Since smartphones came out, the suicide rate among girls eight grades 12, 8 through 12 is up 65% because they can't match up. They can't match up. Instagram and Snapchat are driving up anxiety and for, not to mention TikTok and some of you are like, what? You're like, yeah, you better figure it out. Kids with smartphones are getting one less hour of sleep a night than kids who don't go to bed with theirs. You know, well, okay, what's one hour? Hang on to that. Hang on to that. This is the one that, like, is going to cause some of you to shriek. 
62% of teenagers interviewed said they had received at least one nude picture on their phone. And 40% said they had sent one. That's the world we're living in. Because we're fighting these algorithms. There's a big word for you. Uh, I'm not going to try to spell it, but I know what it means, all right? Algorithms are designed to pull you. How many of you have been sitting at home and you're confident your phone is listening to you? All right? Yeah. We have this debate at our house, all right? We have this debate at our house. But it's actually an algorithm that's on your phone, especially on smartphones, that especially if you click on it, if you click on it, they got you. If you click on it, I promise you, I don't care what you're looking for, blue picket fences to put around the front of your house. You did not know that there were 47 companies within 100 miles that made blue picket fences. You go click on it and see if there's not. But listen, if you just slow down when you scroll over it, you'll get contacted by 25 of those companies. And there's these algorithms built in, the way it's like, and you're like, I don't know why this picture of this beautiful girl starts, keeps showing up on my phone. It's because you click on them. That's why. That's why. Now, so like we had this debate. She is convinced that they are actually listening to us. I think we're just like scrolling over it. Either way, they got you. Either way, they got you. That's how they're designed to do. Because they want to create this sense in your mind that the whole world's doing this. And so it's okay. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, be very careful how you live then. Live as wise, not as unwise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days we're living in are evil. Paul wrote that like almost 2,000 years ago. How much more evil do you think they are today? See, as Christians, we've got some choices we make when it comes to this whole world of these glowing triangles. We can reject them, or we can receive them, or we can redeem them. You might choose to reject it, and, and praise God if you do. Social media, your mentality might be, social media is bad, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to stay off of it, praise God if you can do it. But, but it, it, that's hard. I hear a lot of parents frustrated their kids are always on their phone. <laughs> They're always on the phone. They're always on the phone. Here, let me, newsflash, news bulletin, okay? Guess what? Who's paying for that phone? You can take it away, but this is even more fun. I'm going to help you out so much. There are some, sorry kids, sorry, sorry students are in here. There are some kids, here's, here's the beautiful thing. Like if it's like a smartphone and they're on your plan, like I got 10 on my plan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good poppy and a good dad, okay? So I got 10 on mine, all right? But I can shut them all off right now. In 10 seconds time, there could be nine human beings on the planet that are absolutely freaking out. <laughs> just saying, just, just words of wisdom, okay? Just saying, all right? So you can choose, or get this, you know they actually make these things called light phones? They're amazing. You know, because I hear all the time, like, I, you know, I, I, want, I, want, I want them to have the phone because I want them to be able to contact me anytime they're in trouble. That's noble. That is very noble. I'm with you. I want that. My kids and my grandkids freak out because I, I want to know where you are. So if something goes wrong, I know where to come because I'm coming with the posse and we're coming hard. But I want to know where you are. Well, you, you know, they make these phones. They're called light phones. They're incredible. You, you, you can't get on the internet. There's no internet. You can't game on them. Guess what you can do on them? You can talk. 
They're amazing phones. You can actually talk on them. And, you, and they're not just, they're, you don't just talk, you can actually text on them. So like if little Johnny or little Susie is out and you want to be sure they can get a hold of you, they can get a hold of you and you can get a hold of them. And so if there's a problem in that area in your life, there's, there are options that are out there. Maybe you do need to reject them. The more I worked on this, here's what I've done. Some of you need to know this because it, 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 I no longer have Facebook Messenger uh, Twitter, Instagram, nothing on here that I can receive. Nothing. You can still call me. Don't tell me you don't have my number. 97% of the people sitting in the room right now have my number, I promise you. Because if, if you're, if, unless you're a first-time guest, and if so, you'll have it by tomorrow. Because I text all the first-time guests, just, hey, glad you're here. So everybody's got my number, all right? So call me, text me. Or you remember when email came out and we thought it was the greatest thing in the world and now nobody opens theirs? I still got that stuff on. I got all the other stuff. I still got all the other stuff. It's on my computer. So you just got to wait for me to get in front of my computer. But, and don't, don't, so don't send me a message on Messenger. I won't see it on here. Don't ever send me a video on Messenger because I'll never see it. Because there's another hint to you. That's the most, that's the most often used way of transmitting viruses to your computer. You can't figure out why your computer won't work. Somebody sent you a video on Messenger and you opened it. So don't send me videos on Messenger because I just click, click, click. It's really hard when you're married to them and they send you videos. <laughs> Love you. Um, so we can reject it. But we can receive this because there is some good. There is some good on being connected. It allows us to connect in ways that were previously impossible. You know, I love, I love my college days. I love that I got to actually play sports in college. And I want to tell you this. If, if when you are like a 18 to 21 year old and you ride around the country in a 15 passenger van with 12 other sweaty guys, you develop relationships. You, you, they be, we, we became close. And then we walked across the stage and got diplomas and went to different parts of the world. And there are guys that I played baseball with for four years, traveled all over the Southeast United States, and I haven't seen them since the day we got diplomas at Milligan until Facebook. And we reconnected. And some of the guys that they may be watching now, because they watch, they tell me, they, they call and ask me, or they, they get on Facebook, they ask me about sermons. A couple of the guys that, that I haven't seen since we graduated, they get on Facebook and talk about this being their church. And they've never, ever been here. They live in California. Facebook's pretty cool on some levels, on some levels. And so use it for its good so you can receive it and use it, connect the family and others. Or the last, you can redeem it. What if, that's why I've always said to you guys, you are welcome. And I know some of you right now, I'm just going to give you permission for a minute here because I know some of you are freaking out right now because it buzzed about 10 minutes ago and you are terrified to check it right now because you know everybody's watching if you do. But, so here's the freedom with these. If, if Jason or I ever say anything, they're like, oh, that's good. That makes sense. Tweet it. What if we started redeeming this by putting good stuff out there instead of the trash that's out there? So if there's a scripture or a point or a video, put it out there. Let's redeem it and use it for the good, not for the evil. 
one of the most important factors, and we'll finish up with this today, is, okay, what do we do about this? And, how we do, and really the problem is, this has taken away from our time. From our time. Time is critically important. Time is one of the greatest denominators in your parenting life, in your parenting skills. So think about this way. Some of you are into math. Think about what if time is the denominator? What if you have an equation that looks like this? Time over time is history. If you lose time, you don't have the history that you're going to need. Remember, last week we talked about control and consultant. If you give up the time now, you won't have what you need when it's time for you to be the consultant. So redeem the time by spending good time. What if, what if think, about this, think about this, love over time. Love over time. If you lose time, your child will not have the true sense of their self-worth. Why do they want to be on here? And then why are so many of them taking their own lives? Because this is where they're trying to find their worth. And when they look in the mirror and they just don't match up, then it's destroyed. So what if we love in the time that we do and it creates worth? So what about words, the things that we say? Words over time will give direction. Words over time will give direction. And you'll be able to guide them when you are no longer in control of them, but you'll be able to guide them with your words. What, what, about, what about stories over time? That gives them perspective. You know your kids, you know what they need to hear? They need to hear stories about grandma. Not their grandma, they know her. Stories about your grandma and your great-grandma. Because you know, here's, think about it this way. You know, like my grandparents were born in the 1800s. Like my kids, much less my grandkids, can't get their mind around that. My grandparents were born in the 1890 to the 1900. They were young adults in the depression. Like we're talking about people having depression. They understood the depression, all right? And, and now, so, so my kids and my grandkids need to hear about that because they are less in touch with that than people of that era would have been with cell phones today. So if we share stories, we get perspective on life and on where we come from. What about, what about tribe over time? Tribe over time. You know what gangs grew in the 80s and the 90s because people needed a place to belong. Why was Cheers one of the top running sitcoms of all time? Because it was all about a bar called Malone's where everyone knows your name. We just want to belong. We just want a place where we belong. What about fun over time? Fun over time. If you don't have time with them, you're not going to have fun with them. I said, but what, when's the last time that you were with your kids or your grandkids that you laughed so hard that you cried? <laughs> or when was the last time you were doing something with your kids or your grandkids that you were, la- you were in the floor belly laughing so hard that you really weren't sure if you needed to go change or not? Like, those moments will never, ever, ever be forgotten. 1987, we had just moved here. We had a house over in Meadowbrook, 
Evan wasn't even on the planet yet. We have a cousin or a nephew named Derek. He's over there and there's a show on. And the next thing you know, Derek and Kim are like, like, what is going on in there? And they're laughing. These these people that had all big heads and they're running around falling down and they're belly laughing. Those things are memories you won't ever lose if you have fun over time. And it's so important because you've only got so much time. How many of you thought I was getting ready to grill something over here? <laughs> now, I did some math this week and I went to the bank and I got some pennies. And you know that from the time your child starts kindergarten until they graduate high school, 13 years, 13 years, then in 13 years, you have 4,745 days. 4,745 days. 365 times 13. Do the math. That's it. That equals 113,880 hours. That's how much time you have in those years. 4,000 745 days. These three jars have that many pennies in them. That's what you got. 13 years. One penny for every day in these jars. Now, think about it. All of us in those some of the time in those years, in those days, we're going to sleep. National statistics say an average of eight hours of sleep a day. Parents of preschoolers right now are thinking, I would kill for eight hours of sleep right now. Like, hang tight. They're going to become teenagers, and then you'll be trying to wake them up at three in the afternoon. It, It equals out, okay? But if you think about eight hours of sleep a day, seven days a week, that's 37,960 hours out of all this that's spent sleeping. That's 1,581 days. That's right at 33% of all the time you got sleeping. All right? Here's an interesting thing. In that period of their life, one of the things the Bible tells us as parents we're supposed to do is provide for our family. So you're going to work some of that time. It's interesting that the, on, on average, on average, our kids are in school about the amount of an average work day, about eight hours a day. And so if you're working eight hours a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, you get at least two weeks vacation. That's going to equal 26,000 hours or 10 or 1,083 days. And that's right here. All right. That's 23%. Sleep and work, 56% of the time that you have on the planet with your kids between kindergarten and when they graduate high school. And this jar, that's what's left. That's what's left over, all right, that you got something to do with. Now, based on the statistics that they gather off of these do you realize you can open this thing up if it's a smartphone and you can find out how many hours you were on it yesterday and every day and every day all right and nationally the national average is that people with smartphones spend five hours a day connected to their device on their device and you do the math on that, five hours a day times, and it's every day, not, not five days a week, seven days, 365 days a year, 13 years, that's 23,725 hours or 988 days. And you're, some of us are sitting there right now, be careful, because some of us as parents are sitting there right now, I knew they were on their phone too much. No, that average 
is everybody who has smartphones. So it ain't just the kids. It's mama and daddy and grandparents and everybody. That's the national average five hours a day. That's all you got left discretionary. And there's how much of it just went on the phone or another device like that. Some of you are thinking, what about that last jar? This one? This, this one right here? This is church. Once again, national average. National average right now says that the average person in America who identifies themselves as a Christ follower attends church 1.8 times per month. These are people who identify as Christians. 1.8 times per month. All right, and, and, and let's just say you stay for an hour and a half because Dave got long and long-winded and we were there for at least an hour and a half, whatever, whatever. You know, that ends up being, over the course of those 13 years, a grand whopping total of 17 days. And a lot of parents are counting on this to make sure their kids turn out okay. And we got 17 days. I, that's why summer church camp is critical. Because like we get hyper time then. You know, when we got them for five days out of the week, every hour of the day, we got them there. We got all the time right there. And we're just elevating this number. Or we could actually just start showing up more. Or we could actually start parenting. Because see, here's part of the deal. That 1.8 times per month that you're showing up, hopefully their kid, your kids are showing up too. Because please don't let me know that you're dropping them off when you're not staying. That's a whole different conversation you and I can have private. I know it hurts it should because it's not the church's responsibility to raise your kids and mama and daddy they're struggling they're struggling at home and they can't figure it out. And they're trying to figure out why Johnny and Susie are acting the way they do. Because they like, why, and why should we go? Because you're only there 1.8 times a month. So why should we care? And it doesn't look like it's helping you any. Because you're living like hell Monday through Saturday and you're showing up and getting Jesus on 1.8 times a month. And you're fussing at me because I said a bad word. It's real. We're just being real. It's all we're doing today is just being real. I want to give you two challenges. I want to give you two challenges this week. Challenge number one in this. If some of these statistics I've given you scare you to death, and they should, next Sunday night at 5 o'clock, we are going to have a seminar, seminar called Hidden Dangers to somebody in our community who knows how to navigate this world and can help you as a parent or a grandparent know what really is to understand what Snapchat is and to understand what Instagram and TikTok is and, and what you can do with it or about it, all right? So next Sunday night, 5 o'clock, Hidden Dangers, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Text me, call me, email me if you're coming. And the real only reasons, we're just trying to figure out which room to have it in. I hope it's in here. Because I hope between Thursday night and two services today, we've, we've kind of gotten enough people's attention that everybody's going to want to know. So next Sunday night, 5 o'clock, Hidden Dangers, all right? Here's challenge number two. I want you to pick two nights in the next seven. Two nights this week. Two nights 
that from six o'clock to eight o'clock, you turn off all devices, all devices. Some of your hearts just skip the beat. I understand. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Cook a meal and eat together. Go for a walk. Play a board game. Do something. You're like, well, I'm single. Find another single person and do that together. Build some relationships. Just two, two nights, two hours. Two nights, two hours. And just shut it all down. And try to see what happens, especially, especially if you're a family and you still got family at home, especially in that situation. God wants to change us. And so we want to finish the service different than we typically do. We're not going to have you stand. Here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and bring the lights down. I want you to stay seated. Do not leave early and miss this. Stay seated. If you are here with someone that you care deeply about, probably that you woke up with this morning, you might want to grab their hand. Rachel is part of our praise team, part of our church. Rachel wrote a song about what it's like to be a mom, about making the most of the time and allowing God to redeem it. So today, we just want you to listen to this special message that Rachel was gifted enough to write and sing for us today.
hold your hand forever But you'll need me to let go And that's okay Cause he made you this way You're gonna shine your light You're gonna do what's right It may not be simple or easy or fun It may not be playing outside in the sun But you're gonna be strong You're gonna be smart You're gonna have Jesus song there from my mother but church let's just keep doing what Dave's been preaching about all month long let's just keep making our families better let's love on our children let's love on our spouses and let's go change the world amen awesome have a great day